Hello, Lion Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion Cook Thoughts Podcast. Uh, first off, I want to say I hope you all are doing well. hope you all are staying safe. Um, you know, we just had the 100th episode come out, and I just wanted to thank you all for the support. Uh, that episode has been listened to a lot. I've gotten a lot of great feedback on it, and I've had a lot of new listeners reach out, reach out to me. And um, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much. Also, before we begin, I've been having a lot of cooks reach out to me too for advice on career, uh, wanting to talk about certain issues they face. Um, different projects they want to work on. And I just want to say, if there's something you're interested in talking about, or if you ever need any advice, or you ever just want to like, you know, run an idea by someone, I'm always there on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Feel free to send me a message. Um, I'm really open to giving advice. And if I, you know, am not the right person, either pointing someone in the right direction, or just, like I said, being that person who kind of feels a new idea. So feel free to message me whenever. And yeah, I, you know, just thank you all so much for the support and everything else that you do with Lion Cook Thoughts and thanks for you know sharing the last episode and yeah it's just been a lot of fun so thank you. Uh, this episode I'm very excited about. Now this is someone uh, who I met on an Instagram live. Uh, we, were, we were talking about well, the well-being of cooks on my Instagram live and uh, this um, this podcast was scheduled a couple times and you know due to scheduling and everything going on with coronavirus and some big life changes on my end I had to reschedule a couple times so I first want to say thank you uh, to Melanie Wong who is on the show today but I wanted to introduce you to her because I think she provides a lot of value to cooks in this episode. Melanie Wong is a registered dietitian and cook leveraging food and nutrition knowledge with culinary skills to help people foster healthy relationships with food and their health. She's a firm believer in enjoying food and understanding how it got on your plate. When she's not eating, thinking, or writing about food, you can find her dancing or tending to her garden. Some other extra info on her is she has an undergraduate studies in dietetics and a minor er, minored in sustainable food systems and agriculture from Michigan State University. She has done a dietetic internship and a master's degree in family and consumer sciences with a concentration in dietetics completed at Western Michigan U- University. And in her graduate studies, she explored scratch cooking and gardening in schools and culinary tourism. So definitely someone who... Uh, you know, has had a lot of experience with not only uh, cooking, but understanding why we need to eat certain things, uh, what's really good for the human body. And before we get into the episode, I do want to just uh, put out a disclaimer that the information discussed in this podcast episode is for education purposes and is not a replacement for individual nutrition or medical care. Uh, you know, just want to put that out there. Obviously, if you're going to make a big change, you should consult a doctor or, you know, someone about your health. Um, but this is more so just, uh, you know, a podcast discussing the lifestyle of a cook. And I'm very excited to get into it. We didn't have this plan, but basically what we do is we looked at this uh, episode through the lens of a shift or service. Because I know for most of us struggling with um, trying to eat healthier, it all revolves around from when we clock into work to when we leave and when we get home. So we talk uh, kind of what you should eat before service, maybe what you should eat during service, and what would be beneficial for you after service. My own personal experience, uh, as you, some of you might know, I um, a couple years ago decided that I wanted to lose weight. I was uh, very overweight, and uh, for me, a big thing was about eating late after work. And I had gotten into this bad habit in college, and it continued throughout my, you know, working after college. And so I, it was something I really needed to address. And I know for, uh, you know, people in general that you know, there's different things and different needs, and not, it's not all about losing weight, which we talk about in the episode. But for me, just learning the knowledge and researching it and understanding what exactly I was putting in my body really helped me understand the changes I needed to make. So whether you're trying to lose weight or just feel healthier and have more energy, Melanie lays it out perfectly in this just really beautiful like 
service um, scheduled like advice like it's all about like before during and after and i just thought it flowed really well so melanie thank you so much for coming on the show thank you all for listening um if you have any questions feel free to reach out to her um she's and or feel free to reach out to me and i can connect you with her she's someone who's very knowledgeable she really cares and wants to help cooks and i'm just so grateful she decided to come on the show as always please leave a review and here we go Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ray. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, really excited to have you on. If you just want to go ahead and introduce yourself, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, so, hi, everybody. My name is Melanie Wong. I am a registered dietitian nutritionist, and I'm a cook based out of Michigan. Um, I'm really excited to be here today. I know Ray and I have been chatting, trying to plan some some tips and a little give a little bit of insight on nutrition and overall wellness for people working in the industry so i'm looking forward to it awesome yeah no i'm excited to uh to kind of chat and get some you know get some of your viewpoints get some of your advice for cooks out there um so yeah but you know before we kind of get into questions that were asked by uh you know we had a poll out on instagram and we have some questions from cooks uh, i'd like to first off just kind of get a little bit of background on you in terms of your start in the industry and kind of why you got in the industry and why you became a registered dietitian. Yeah, so I guess I'll start like at the very beginning and that is that I am a restaurant kid. My grandparents owned a restaurant when I was growing up um, and so I was that little girl who was running around in the back and trying to help my mom with carrying drinks to the table and talking to customers. So uh, I started off super early in the industry uh, and then two of my aunts also owned restaurant. So, you know, as I grew up, I, I helped out there packing carryouts and later helping out with serving and busing. And so um, it's it's been quite a, an experience working with restaurants. And of course, uh, throughout my high school and college years, I really leaned on that experience with restaurants and um, my skills with that to to have a job and to get me through and help me financially. So um, restaurants have been super important in, in getting me to where I am today. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I imagine, you know, having that experience allows you to, you know, appreciate it even more. So uh, the idea of a cook needing uh, help understanding, you know, about diets and whatnot um, and kind of what led you to becoming a registered dietitian? Yeah, it was actually, my mom's idea. <laughs> and, you know, I, I've always loved food. I've always loved cooking. And I've always really been interested in science as well. And so nutrition and dietetics kind of was a way to really blend those two worlds together, um, mm -hmm. understanding the why behind the science of nutrition and like how things, how different foods and our, our behaviors, our eating behaviors and habits affect our health. 
Um, and of course, like on the, the cooking side, different ways of preparing food and how to make food taste good, right? Like if we want to eat food that is, um, that will fuel us and that really tastes good, like how do we do that? Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. And I think it's super cool. And I'm sure like, you know, I know we were talking before, if you want to share a little bit about it, you know, having the uh, front of house experience as well. And I would assume like going into this, you know, having that knowledge of, you know, actually understanding the fundamentals of cooking, of serving people, of being mm-hmm. able to like know what consumers are kind of looking for in a restaurant setting. I feel like you have an advantage in terms of being able to relate to, you know, the everyday diner and also like really having an understanding of what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like you you said, I did work front of the house a lot. I served in a bunch of, I served actually mainly in sushi restaurants. So I'm super familiar with um, working in that kind of environment. But in addition to my front of the house experience, I also did work back of the house. So when I was in college, I really missed work uh, cooking in kitchens. Just I missed cooking in general. And I had heard that my university actually had a test kitchen and so I didn't really know a lot about it I just knew that it existed and so I hopped on the internet and I found a contact for uh, for the test kitchen and I didn't really know again what I was what I was really looking for in that just that I missed cooking and I wanted to be back in a kitchen so I shot an email over to who later became my boss um to our corporate chef. And I just told him, Hey, my name's Melanie. I really love cooking. I miss being in kitchens. Like I, I heard you have a test kitchen. Is there any way I can be involved? Um, and so that kind of actually morphed into a job opportunity for me to intern under our corporate chef at, um, at my university. And I helped with a wide range of stuff from like events uh, to concessions and prepping for, football games to um we had a food truck so we would prep a lot for the food truck services um working on the truck a little bit and uh we even did like a a retail program where we were trying to get like prepackaged foods that we would make in-house into the convenience stores across campus so that was pretty cool as well to see kind of like the whole gamut of like what would be possible for uh for a professional kitchen. Awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure that experience helped a ton. And um, I mean, so with that experience with like cooking and whatnot, right off the bat, I want to ask you, do you like, in terms of being a dietitian, do you, is there any like, do you think there's any disconnect between um, kind of, like, not disconnect, but are you able to like, when you're taught to other dietitians, do you often find yourself kind of not correcting them, but giving them advice on what, like, um, like what production of food would be like for them. Like, have you ever used your experience as a, you know, as a cook to kind of share with other dietitians what it's actually like in a restaurant or whatnot? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, so far I, I haven't really, I have not done that yet. Um, that's mm-hmm. actually an area that I've been exploring myself as like ways that I could help restaurants and people in the industry with health and wellness and nutrition. But I think that you're kind of pointing to another um, another pathway too that maybe I can work into my future businesses of trying to help educate other dietitians so that they can also help people in the industry. 
um, because mm. I definitely think that, you know, there's a an audience within um, the service industry who, if we can really cater this information to help um, to help people who are working in the industry and live healthy lifestyles, given the hectic schedules and the high stress environment. I mean, I'm just thinking of all of the the improvements in health that could be possible from providing that kind of education. So thanks, thanks for the idea, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. That's kind of what I try to do here. Um, but yeah, awesome. Well, I mean, I have some questions ready. I don't know, are you if you're ready to kind of get into them, um, I mean, if, if, is it all right to, I guess, to ask the first question? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Hop, let's hop in. All right, cool. Um, so, you know, a big sentiment uh, with chefs in the industry is this idea of timing. And I think I realize this from my own personal experience, a short background, I've shared on the podcast before, but I used to um, be really, really overweight. And I a lot of that was due to me having to eat late at night um, and wanting to eat late at night. And I know a lot of chefs have shared that a big uh, challenge of theirs is the timing. You know, most of the time, family meal in a restaurant's at 4 p.m. And they're not really eating until after the shift, which may end anywhere between 10 to 1 a.m. in the morning, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. in the morning. And then they're finding themselves hungry, uh, starving. And, I mean, you know, I think it's some for some it might be unrealistic to consider like a, a meal mid shift. Uh, what would yeah. you, so? What would yeah. your advice be if if they're able to eat a meal or eat something mid shift? Which I think even more so now with, mm-hmm. um, you know, just how busy things are going to be if we open back up. Um, so I guess what would your advice be for them to eat something that is like really great for them to get them through the shift? And then what should they be eating after the shift if they need to? Because I remember not eating after the shift. I'd be starving, and I would—I mean, that's kind of how I lost weight was to kind of eat well before the shift and then eat the next day. But I know it was very difficult, and I know, you know, that might not be a reality for some. So, what would your advice be on that? Yeah. So the first thing that I want to actually talk about within this is that that schedule that you just put forth, like the you know, you eat family meal at like four PM and then like maybe you get off at ten and then of course after that you either have to get home or like maybe you are so hungry you're gonna go grab food somewhere. So and you know, you said ten is like the earliest, right? Um so mm-hmm. I just wanna note that like that time frame, like that's a that's a long time to go without eating. So it's normal that you're like really, really hungry or and it's also normal if like you're just coming off of a shift and it was really, really hectic and then you're like, I'm not even hungry and then like an hour later you're like, I am starving. Like I just <laughs> really need to eat right now. Um, because yeah. of course like our brain and our, our stomach are, are really, our brain and our digestion are really closely tied together. Um, and so definitely like what's happening like mentally affects the rest of your, um, your body, especially like your digestion and, and those cues for like, if you're hungry or if you're not. So, you know, when you are about to go in and have your chef and you're like thinking about what to eat, um, a couple of tips that I would have in regards to like providing enough fuel for you to get through your shift would be to make sure that you're eating something substantial that has protein, fat, and fiber. So fat and fiber really help with all of those things, actually. Protein, fat, and fiber all help with 
keeping you satisfied. Um, and also the fiber really helps with um, a distributing like the, the carbs over a longer period of time. And the fat really helps to slow the digestion so that it's not just like a huge spike in blood, blood sugar and also like slowing that that digestion down, which would mean that, you know, it lasts you a little bit longer because your body's taking a little bit longer to digest that food. Okay. And so what, are, I mean, if a chef was to bring in something in like a container to eat that day uh, and, yeah. or if they were to cook something for family meal for the staff, what, what, what are some, mm-hmm. I guess, meals or dishes that you would suggest or that you think you would be, um, like a great thing for them to eat before the shift? So I think, like, again, there's a wide range of things that you could be eating for family meal. Um, And of course, it's going to vary with each restaurant and what's available. But I think that, like, I'm going to start with, like, maybe some things to avoid. Like, that's where my mind's going. So, you know, Mm -hmm. like, heavy just like starch based things like a bowl of noodles or something like you may be able to eat those super fast but you're it's not really going to sustain you for very long if you're not also eating again something with like protein or fiber so really trying to make sure that you hit all of those those things like is there fiber in here so fiber could be like veg and like whole grains um is there protein how much protein am i eating um, you know, like, is it a, uh, am I eating like a stir fry or am I eating like, I was going to say a steak, but nobody's eating a steak for family meal. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, you know, trying to balance it. I think I was mainly thinking like, I can totally see like staff eating like a bowl of noodles or like a lot of rice with like an additional thing. And so just trying to like have a balance of of everything um is really like my advice there okay so yeah i know pasta is a big thing for family meal i mean i've definitely had pasta a ton of times uh as a family meal in a kitchen so you're saying if pasta is the is like the dish for example you'd have um, yeah some like like greens or uh, and then also obviously a protein like chicken you know stuff that's yeah. you know not just the pasta not just like a bowl of pasta with like maybe yeah. butter or cheese but actually like stuff mixed in and then what in terms of fat what would you like what are some good fats you mean i know some cooks might know but some might not what are some good fats that you think you would add into meals that would be helpful in that digestion process sure so of course you know the at a very basic level we kind of think of fats on like a spectrum of like a traffic light right like the quote-unquote good fats the bad fats being like the red, the good fats being like the green, and then in the the middle, the yellow being um, things that you can you should eat, but like maybe more in moderation. Um, so mm. things like olive oil or liquid oils are great to be using like on an everyday basis. Um, avocado oil as well, and then like in the yellow area, we have things like butter or coconut oil that are like more of your saturated fats. Um, that, you know, one, they taste good. Uh, so like, there's mm. no reason why to completely like cut them out because I'm a firm believer in, um, flavor being super important and butter definitely tastes good. Um, but you know, yeah. as, as, like how much are we using, right? Like, so maybe we can finish with butter and mainly use olive oil. 
um, or maybe we can cook with um, mainly like veg oil and then use a little bit of bacon fat for the extra flavor. And then, mm-hmm. you know, things that we really should avoid would be like kind of like your trans fats, which are really found in like your processed baked good items, um, like hydrogenated palm oil and that kind of stuff. So those are the things that we really like should be avoiding. Of course, I'm not saying never eat them because like things taste good, even if they're processed, sometimes you just want to whatever. Yeah, no, I definitely understand. And um, so, you know, obviously fats we've covered, uh, fiber, what are some good things, you know, that might be, that you might find in a kitchen that would be good for fiber? Yeah, so fiber, I'm looking right at, like, your veg. I think that's going to be, like, one of the biggest areas as far as, like, things that would mainly be in a kitchen. Um, your veg, your fruits, and then, of course, like, when we talk about fiber, a lot of times we talk about, like, whole grains. So whole grains mm. versus, like, your refined grains. So even if you were, Ray, like, if you're going to have pasta, um, you know, like, if you were to just do a swap of, like, having a, like, whole wheat pasta versus a regular pasta, your fiber is going to increase, like, a lot compared to just your refined grain pasta. However, I will say this. If you hate whole wheat pasta – then you don't have to force yourself to eat it, right? Like there's lots of other places yeah. that you can get fiber from, right? Like I know that when we were talking about the pasta example, it's like, all right, for protein, it could be like some kind of meat, but something like a bean or a legume, like also has a ton of um, protein and fiber. So you're kind of, you know, having both of those benefits with something like um, chickpeas or white beans or black beans, right? Um Mm-hmm. tofu so there's a lot of different options um and again like if you don't like brown rice then you shouldn't force yourself to eat to eat it but that being <laughs> said um that being said like is it maybe you don't like it yet right like maybe if you if it were prepared a different way you would enjoy it and so I kind of want to leave like the door like halfway open right like you don't have to force yourself to eat something if you've like tried it a million times and you're like i hate this this is disgusting um but like also you know also be open-minded with stuff like maybe of maybe a different preparation method would actually make it really taste really great i know that for me like whole grains like wheat berries or farro um it has like a, a nuttiness and a chew that other kinds of grains don't right like compared to like a couscous um or even just like regular white rice like something like farro is super chewy it's super nutty and it, it's really delicious too um so yeah just mm-hmm. being like open-minded and trying trying different things um but yeah you can get your fiber from fruits veg um seeds too seeds and nuts um and then your whole grains yeah okay yeah thanks for sharing that um, and kind of going with that 4 p.m. kind of time frame, another big thing for people who eat family meal, um, you know, you see the the photos on Instagram all the time of people eating over garbage cans or what mm-hmm. have you, which, you know, <laughs> I, I would hope isn't the reality for everyone, but it is for some, um, this idea of having to eat really fast. And does that have any impact, you know, scarfing down food, does that have any impact on how the food's digested or is that really just... Yeah, you know, doesn't matter. I just this question I was 
received er, that I received, is it better to take your time eating this food? Or, I mean, sometimes out of necessity, people are eating super quick. What are your thoughts on the timing of actually eating food? Yeah, absolutely. So the timing and like how much time that you actually give to eating your food does have an impact on on how you're going to digest and also like how you how you feel um, about mm-hmm. like your hunger, right? So it takes like 20 minutes or so for your brain and your stomach to sink um, and let for your stomach to say like, hey, like I'm full, I don't need to eat anymore. And so if we're eating really fast, it doesn't really give a lot of time for for that to sink. And then all of a sudden you, you're like 20 minutes later and you're like, I am so stuffed and I don't feel good. <laughs> I'm comfortably full, right? Um, so definitely yeah. taking your time with eating, not only is it um, important so that you can, your brain and your stomach can sink, but it also gives you time to enjoy your food. I mean, I, I get it though, because I've worked in restaurants forever. Like when you are about to start your shift, like there's not a lot of time. And so I think I'm just thinking like more so on like the admin level, like I really think like it, it almost has to be a priority that's put in place, like by management of like, what are you going to prioritize? Like, is it important for you that your staff is fueled, right? Like that they do have um, enough food and that they are feeling okay before a super busy shift. Um, so that idea yeah, of yeah. Like, slowing down and like eating mi- more mindfully so that like your brain and your stomach can sink so that you are enjoying your food and so that you are feeling satisfied because again, like when you're working six, seven, eight hours without eating, that is not normal, like as far as how we would normally be eating normally we would be eating like every like four to five hours and so right like um um, that example that you gave me like four to ten like that's six hours right there that you're not eating um so that leads me to one of your other questions which was like if somebody is going to bring something in or maybe like try to have like a mid-shift snack like what would be a good what would be something something good for them to have um so my mind goes right away to like liquid nutrition because that is going to okay. be pretty fast. Um, so I'm thinking something like smoothies or shakes, of course, like having a snack on hand, like a banana that has like sugar and like fiber that will help as well. Um, but really like when you are super busy during a shift, if you have like a shake or a smoothie or even like they're not always appetizing, but like um, a meal replacement like drink, I think that that would be helpful Mm. just because when you're like in the middle of a shift, you don't have a lot of time to think about like about your own needs because you're so busy worrying about the needs of firing the next dish, right? Like you're on the line and chef's saying what he wants and like there's not a ton of time to think about that. Um, so like having something easy like that would be really helpful. I know for me when I was working um, and I would be like starving during a shift and I would actually, I would feel, I would not feel good, right? Like I would start to feel like lightheaded. This isn't the, you know, the top choice, but like I would honestly just like grab a soda 
and I would like start drinking soda because I needed sugar. But I think like it all goes back yeah. to that that preparation too, right? So like if you could prep or have like something like um, a meal replacement drink or like a smoothie or a shake, that is going to help deliver that like the sugars and like also there's probably going to be some fat in there and protein that would be more balanced than just like going for a soda or drinking like a Red Bull or like I know a lot of um, people in the industry that I would work with would like go to the gas station on break and like grab a soda, grab an iced tea, that kind of thing and like drink that through their shift. Uh, so same kind of idea of like you definitely do need something to like keep you going, but like what is the quality of that something that you're choosing? Um, something like a yeah. smoothie or a shake or a meal replacement drink would be a little bit more um, nutrient dense and balanced compared to like just going for your your juice or your um, or your like energy drink or something. Yeah. Okay. I mean that makes sense, and you know I think that's a good point uh, to bring up. Uh, so basically, going to summarize the one thing for any restaurant mm-hmm. operators listening. 20-minute family meal would be ideal. I know, I mean, I would hope that as we move into a new area era of caring for cooks more that we're able to find that somewhere. Um, but just good information to put out there. Uh, in terms of drinks, yeah, I mean, for me, a big challenge was soda. I would always be craving soda. I'd always have, like, a mm-hmm. container of Coke or something that I would drink mid-shift, sometimes more than once. Um, and when I – because I wanted to cut out sugary drinks from my diet in terms of, like, carbonated beverages. And – I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is something you would recommend drinking, but for me, something that I drank daily that like really hydrated me, really hit like all the notes of like sugar and whatnot was coconut water, uh, as weird as it sounds. Um, I got like addicted to coconut water. I would drink it every day uh, during shift. I mean, what are your thoughts on coconut water? Is that crazy? Yeah. Is that like, <laughs> no, I wouldn't I say that. I mean, I think that like if you're comparing things, right, like coconut water, what would be like, you know, something more sustainable that I would enjoy that like would maybe be more like quote unquote healthful um, if I'm drinking it every day. Mm-hmm. I definitely say like, if you enjoy the coconut water, that's, that's great. Like actually right now, as we're, we're talking, I'm drinking um, some water that I put some pineapple cores in. So I'm having like pineapple infused water awesome. um, and, and things like that, right? They're, they're super simple. They're things that you can do with scraps that you have. Um, but just that mm-hmm. little extra intention and it really helps with like making water something good to drink or like in your case the coconut water right like um, coconut water also has like potassium in it so it helps during it kind of helps to um, helps with hydration and like replacing those electrolytes when you are like sweating during a shift Um, so yeah I mean Mm. if if you like something like that I think that's a great thing to uh, include and to drink. The one thing I'll say about that is, is that like coconut water can be kind of expensive. Uh, so like yeah, it, yeah. that's a, a concern too. Like, you know, try maybe alternating with um, wa- regular water or infused water or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think that coconut water is a, is a great replacement for soda. Another thing that I love to do is to mix um, like juice and soda water together and then you mm-hmm. kind of have like a spritz and it, it's a little bit less sugary I actually don't really like 
like super sugary things all that often. So it's kind of a, a nice way to have like that fizz and also have flavor, but it's not too sweet. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and then going towards the end of the shift, uh, that's another big question. What would, you know, if, I know it's definitely hard to not eat and you probably might want to eat if it's like such a long time that you haven't eaten. What's a good, cause I know it's not great for you to eat at night before you go to sleep. What would you say a good meal would be for cooks or chefs who are getting out of work late and need to eat something? Yeah. So I, <laughs> I think that the biggest thing with like after a shift and what do I eat, like the number one thing that comes to my head is convenience, right? So like a lot of times choosing something that is convenient when you're, you're starving is going to be the first option that you pick. Um, so my advice would be to prep ahead of time, like something that you enjoy um, eating that like follows those kinds of principles of like having balance in your diet right so like having protein or having um grains like batch cooked having like veg maybe prepped so that it's easy for you to cook or either like eat raw if you're having a salad or something um Mm -hmm. i think like for me getting off of a shift it's like what am I craving when I'm just starving and what's the easiest thing? So I think if you really have those, have something prepped ahead of time, whether that's like a stir fry or a soup, um, that that would be really helpful. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Cause I know for me, like all too often I would be off a shift and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to, I need food. And I mean, I remember going to Taco Bell or Wendy's or whatever and just getting something quick. And, you know, it really, um, you know, whenever I did eat after work, sometimes I wouldn't, sometimes I would, uh, you know, have something that was lighter, or like you said, something that was prepped out before, like a salad, I definitely notice not only better performance, but better sleep. And also just a, like waking up and not feeling like, um, just, you know, black for better term, not feeling like crap, you know, actually like, yeah, not feeling like I was, cause you know, you cook all day and like, you're tired, you're already beat. And when mm-hmm. I feel like when I was eating so poorly, I was just like, another layer of feeling tired and feeling like not willing to get out of bed that really was hitting me hard. Yeah. And I think one thing to highlight is also like after you get off of a shift, just like take a step back and like take a break if you can. Right. Like, Mm. because a lot of times it's like you're running off of that adrenaline of like coming off of a shift and then like, you're just going to crash So I think that really trying to like take a minute and like just like check back in with your body would be helpful in like trying to figure out what you what you are going to eat. Right. Like and of course, having things prepped ahead of time, too, Um, because really taking that minute to be like, all right, like I am really hungry right now. Like, what do I need? And like, what's going to make me feel good? Um, And I know that sometimes like that is going to be like that fast food um and that's okay that's okay I think like Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things for me is is just like time and frequency right like how often are you doing that if you're doing that every single shift then that's kind of building into like this habit that maybe isn't the most healthful habit because of the the nutrient density of the food right the quality of the food Right. Like, cause I'm totally with you. Mm. Sometimes you just like want Taco Bell or like Wendy's, but then, you know, like, honestly, like 
sometimes that's not really good. <laughs> no, yeah, you're it's right. Like, I, I mean, right? I really like, don't eat fast food anymore. I, I know. Right? Like it, and it just is like you you do it because it's like it's convenient and you really like you're starving and you want to eat something. So that's why I like trying to think about can you take like on your off day, like can you take like an hour, two hours to just like quick prep something, even if it's like one dish or like batch cooking like a thing of rice or like some pasta um or a soup so that like you make those choices easy right like I know also for me it's like oh like I really I'm I'm starving I really want to eat like xyz but I already have something at home right so like when you have already prepped ahead of time it's like the convenience of grabbing um grabbing fast food or like grabbing something from another restaurant is like less enticing because you also already have a convenient option like at home and then also you don't have to spend the money yeah you're right um that's good um you know and something i want to point out we had talked before uh pre-recording um you know it's also i think important to know, know your goals like for me my goal is to lose weight, but not everyone is looking to lose weight. They're just looking to like have a healthier lifestyle or have a more sustainable way of finding food. Could you speak to that at all in terms of like, I feel like with you, a big part of what people would look at is, Oh, a dietitian's there to lose weight. But actually from what it sounded like to me, you're more so looking to have people have a sustainably well, like having a sustainable lifestyle where they can eat and feel good. Um, with what they're eating and kind of their performance. I don't know if you want to touch on that at all. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you hit it on the head, right? Um, I know when we, we spoke earlier, you know, we were talking about your, your own journey and how you wanted to make those sustainable changes, right? Like get rid of the, the sugary drinks that you recognize that you kept on drinking. And so you switched to the coconut water. Um, and it's, it really is those sustainable changes that, we as nutrition professionals are like advocating for um the whole idea of this immediacy of like dieting and like i'm gonna lose all of this weight like there's a reason why diets don't work um and that's because you're focusing you know like the, a lot of these diets focus on like fast results um for like weight loss and then you're not the people who are dieting aren't really like focusing in on changing those habits so that they can have a sustainable um healthy lifestyle after they're done with their diet um and and really Mm -hmm. in our in my field of nutrition there is this shift away from just focusing on weight because really weight is one one indicator of health like definitely weight and health are tied together but weight is not everything because you know you could have somebody who who ha- practices all of these healthy habits and enjoys eating, you know, a balanced and varied diet and exercises and all that. And yet, like, maybe by their, quote, BMI, their, quote, unquote, like, overweight. And and that really isn't what we're, we're looking for. Um, because we want to recognize that people of all different shapes and sizes can still be healthy. And when you're, when you shifted away from the weight and more onto the, lifestyle that is really where you're going Mm. to find like more sustainable change and it also takes away the idea of like in order to be healthy you have to be a certain weight like that is a an old way of thinking um 
and yeah, so I've seen like this shift. There's a couple different movements of like health at every size um, and like intuitive eating that really are trying to change that tone of like weight is weight equals health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as someone who, you know, was really like over- overweight and, you know, relation to what we consider, um, I like for me personally, for the longest time, I was always thought like I won't be healthy until I reach this certain weight. Mm-hmm. For my goal weight was uh, two twenty at the time, mm-hmm. um, and I was two hundred seventy eight pounds when I had made that goal. Um, mm-hmm. But even at like two fifty, when I had made these changes, I felt like ten times better. And like yeah, yeah, I still had my goals of losing, but like I know what you mean in terms of like obviously weight isn't everything. Like you will start to feel better after your first if you lose like five pounds or ten pounds, and you make. I feel like even if you like make sustainable changes, it's inevitable that you're going to drop the weight or at least drop some weight and that you're going to mm-hmm. have more motivation to kind of get out and do the things you've been wanting to do, um, yeah. which I think like is a big part of it. Um, yeah, I you know, agree. You, for me, at least, it was like a compounding effect where I lost weight, but then I also felt good. So I felt good and I went out and exercised and I lost more weight. And I think that was like a big deal. Not just re- not thinking I was going to I didn't think I would feel that way just by losing a couple pounds, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it it does make sense. And I think that that is really important, right? Like, what are our motivations for for when people say, like, oh, I want to lose weight? Well, like, why why are you saying that you want to lose weight? Do you really mean, like, I want to feel better? Do you mean, like, I want to feel not as tired? Do you mean I, you know... I want to be able to have more energy to play with my kids on my day off. Like, so Mm -hmm. it really isn't just about weight because I think like to a lot of people, the weight kind of um, symbolizes something. So really thinking about like, what does that, what does that symbolize? Like what is the real reason why you think the weight is so important to you trying to like work towards those other goals of like, of feeling good, of having more energy of being able to sleep better, of being able to, you know, have um, more sustained energy during your shift, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So, yeah, I think it's uh, important to talk about. Um, And then kind of my last question from the audience and for myself is shifting the entire narrative of being hungry, needing food to a lot of people actually sharing that they're around food all day. So where's the motivation? Like, it's hard for them to, like, eat consistently or eat in a way that's sustainable because they're around food so much that there's almost this idea that they get sick and tired of it. Um, Mm -hmm. What would your advice be to that? Or could you speak to that a little bit in terms of not, I don't want to say forcing yourself to eat, but it kind of is making, but they're wondering how to make sure they can eat sustainably knowing that they get tired of food because they're around it so much. Yeah. And I think that, having a routine is is really like what my mind goes to first but I understand that where you know with schedules changing and being you know being scheduled for different shifts basically on a weekly basis that that's difficult to do um so I'm going to loop back around to something that we already talked about and that I really think that being mindful of like how you're feeling like after you get off of a shift would be really helpful in letting your your brain connect back to your body um 
right? So like taking that time after the hectic shift to just like check in with yourself and then resting and then, you know, seeing if your appetite comes back. Um, mm-hmm. How do you, how do you, do? You, I'm just like thinking of your question of like, how do you make <laughs> yourself eat, but you don't really want to force yourself to eat. So, um, you know, and you, you're right about that. Like we don't want to like force ourselves to eat, but if you know that like you've been working for seven, eight hours and you're just like not hungry, what can you do? Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, obviously I have no experience in this, but I would think uh, what kind of what you touched on earlier, the liquid meal might be an answer for people who don't necessarily want to consistently eat because they've tasted something all day. I don't know if that would be a viable option. Yeah. I mean, Hmm, this is a this is a difficult one. This is an interesting one. Um, because I think that like when you think about like, all right, I've had a a whole day of cooking and eating and I'm like sick of of tasting food. It's like what is that really stemming from? Right? Like, are you feeling hungry? Are you so stressed out? Is there something else that is going through your mind that's like preventing you from doing that because like you know after not eating for like eight hours the normal reaction would be like to feel hunger but sometimes after like being so stressed out for eight hours it's just like not there which is why my advice is actually more so of you know tips and tricks of to like trying to shift and like separating that time like after you get off of a shift to like now I'm transitioning mm. into like my my night after I'm done working um and I can like relax and I can you know fulfill my needs and I think that that can't happen until you're really able to do that and like disconnect and be like all right I'm done working and like I'm ready to move on with the rest of my night I'm ready to like fuel my body after the seven eight hour shift that i just worked yeah all right awesome yeah i mean disconnecting kind of re not, just having that perspective of all right i was working now i'm not working what can i do to like take care of myself mm-hmm. i like that thought um yeah cool i mean so that's kind of what i had on my end i didn't know if you wanted to touch upon anything um that you wanted to bring up i mean i thought this was awesome the last 30 plus minutes we did you kind of which was kind of cool. You broke down the entire shift for cooks. So I, I, would, I hope that they have some knowledge moving forward. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to touch upon in terms of dining as a cook or eating as a cook, I should say? Yeah. Um, you know, this is more so on like ideas around like health and eating. Um, and I had actually like put up a poll too and like had asked some people their thoughts on things that they would maybe want to hear. And actually Justin Kana, mm-hmm. um, submitted a question or just like a prompt about like what are some misconceptions about eating healthily that are being shared right now that shouldn't be um and I think that that's a one that's a really great question because there are definitely Mm -hmm. things that are in our like society that are being like passed around as like superfoods and like silver bullets that are like you know eat this or drink this and like all will be well. <laughs> and 
And that's not really, that's not really like the entire picture, right? Like I know wild yeah. grasses, like celery juice, like everybody was for some odd reason going over, going, going, um, you know, like they're really excited for celery juice and it's like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't really know. And like, so it's, I think like the biggest thing about that is, is that like no one food is going to be like a, a savior of like, of your health yeah. or your diet. Um, and, and really like my philosophy is to eat everything, like enjoy everything and like have a really varied diet and, um, and really connect with your food, right? Like you're cooks, you work in the industry, you love food. So that idea, mm-hmm. how can we like connect with our food, especially after like a really busy shift, right? Like we're tired, yeah. but, but we still love food. Um, so, you know, it's not about what you eat one day. It's about what you eat most of the days, right? Like if one night after a shift, you're just starving and you really want like pizza or something like, yeah, do your thing. I mean, one night of like having pizza or like going out with your coworkers after like grab a drink is, is actually really important in like building the other aspects of your life and of health of like enjoying social company and like you know forging relationships with people that you care about um and food is central to a lot of those things so okay Uh, yeah Yeah. shout out to justin for you know contributing and yeah i think that's a good point you make about you know I feel like, like you said, I, like for me, I know when I just kind of shut everything out, I hated myself. And then when I started to kind of cut something out and then like I still ate some things with, with some limited, you know, availability, like I felt like that was a better way to success. So definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely this idea of like, right when you were talking about the, the whole grains, if you really don't like whole wheat pasta and you're like, I'm not eating that ever. Like, that's cool. Like, if you don't think it tastes good, then like, don't eat it, right? Like, we don't have to force ourselves to eat things that we don't enjoy. I think that's like a really yeah. big thing. People have this idea about like, what healthy food should be, or like, you know, what the picture of health and wellness should be. And mm. a lot of it involves like, always eating quote unquote like healthy foods like every time you have something to eat it's like beautiful out of a magazine like whole grains and like fresh vegetables all the time and like nobody eats like that all of the time like I don't eat like that Mm. all of the time and like you know this is my this is what I've dedicated my career to um and a big part of that is is that that kind of thinking of like I always have to be eating something healthy I always have to have like fresh fruits and veg like that's not sustainable and that is really like the yeah. big picture of what can we do to have like a sustainable and healthy relationship with food and to me that doesn't mean like never eating a donut never making cookies never having a pie um, and I think that's another big misconception about like nutrition is that and like of dietitians is that like we're just here to tell you like what to eat like we're here to like make you eat broccoli I saw like a meme the other day and it was like what dietitians think what people think dietitians do and it was somebody like shoving broccoli down somebody's face (laughs) 
And it's like, yeah, that's, that's not it. That's not it. Um, right. Like enjoying yeah. food, um, and having healthy relationships with food. That's really where it's at for me. Awesome. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And I hope, uh, people kind of leave with that sentiment. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, uh, what you've shared, this podcast has been great. I think, um, the message you've been sharing is awesome. You know, this idea of, you know, understanding we're all human and understanding it's really this process of life that you kind of have to go through and it's not going to happen overnight, but it is achievable and it is possible to, you know, for everyone to eat healthier. So I want to thank you for sharing that. Um, I mean, I guess the last thing, you know, kind of before we close out is if there is a cook or someone out there interested in food who wants to be a dietitian, what advice would you give them to kind of get into your line of work in terms of what they should look up, maybe what degrees they should look at, or kind of, you know, how they're able to kind of move towards what you do? Yeah, so I think, you know, when exploring, like, how can I combine, like, nutrition and dietetics? You have to, if you are already a chef or already a cook, you know, think about like what it is that you really want to, to do with that career. Like, do you want to be counseling people? Um, do you want to work in a hospital setting? Or do you want to like use your gifts as a chef or a cook to teach people how to eat healthy? Um, and so a lot of this work of like teaching people how to cook so that they can make nutritious meals for themselves like you don't have to be a dietitian to do that um but if you did want to explore being a dietitian i would point you to looking at the academy of nutrition and dietetics um there's a couple different pathways to becoming a dietitian the one that i took was my undergrad degree was in dietetics mm -hmm. and then i did a 10-month unpaid internship after called my dietetic internship um, and then I sat to take my exam and then I became a dietitian. But, you know, like if you already have an undergrad degree, you could explore uh, your master's degree. And starting in like 2024, there, a master's degree is actually going to be required to be a dietitian. So that's definitely something. Really? Wow. Yeah, it's definitely something to be aware of, too. Okay, well, thank you for sharing all that. Um and good luck to anyone, you know, looking to do it. And if, I'm sure if you want to drop your social media handles or where people can reach you, if they have more questions, you know, yeah. that, that would be the time for that. Yeah, definitely. If you do have questions or you just want to talk a little bit more about nutrition in regards to food and cooking, you can reach me at Mel and Passion. Um, so Mel on Passion on Instagram. I'd be happy to connect awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. Um, and I'll tag you when I put up the podcast, obviously, but, um, I end all of my interviews the same. Um, you know, now that you've been on the show, uh, you're, I mean, obviously when you follow your part, but now that you're on the show, you're also a part of Line Cook Nation, uh, mm -hmm. a group of chefs, cooks, food industry professionals looking to meet, um, learn more from each other and kind of grow with each other. Uh, what does it mean for you to be a part of that now? Uh, and for kind of sharing your thoughts about eating as a cook on the podcast? Yeah, for me, you know, I feel like it means that I can provide or be a, a resource for everybody else on Mind Cook Nation. Um, you know, if you have questions about nutrition and, you know, representing both worlds, really, of nutrition and of cooking and, and trying to, like, blend those two things together. So 
Um, I think it, it's it's great to to be here and to join a community of cooks who are feeding our nation, feeding our world. Um, and I want to make sure that that you also are feeding yourself and fueling yourself, and so that you can keep on doing what you're doing. So, yeah, I mean, if you have questions, love to connect and uh, hopefully talk to you soon. <laughs> awesome, Melanie. Thank you so much for coming on, and yeah, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much, Ray. You take care. Yeah, of course. So there you have the episode. Once again, I want to thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to this week's episode. Please, 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 if you have the opportunity, please leave an Apple review. It gives me great feedback on what you're looking for in the show. And as always, stay safe, stay inspired, and I'll see you on the next episode.